Hey, what's going on, y'all? I'm Nanurl, and you're listening to Unpacked Angles with me. These episodes were recorded for the Unpacked Angles YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the accompanying video, you can find the link in the description. If not, feel free to sit back, listen, and enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. Since the beginning, when I started Unpacked Angles, I've been getting a few questions. There have been a few questions posted under the comments here and there. And I've also had a few conversations with different people who've reached out. And something that everyone has had in common is questions, of course, but also looking for answers from my perspective. And so I thought, why not just put an episode together that tackles some of the questions that I've been asked most frequently and what I've been hearing on the channel under different episodes. And so that was the motivation for what we're doing today. Before I get into the questions though, I do want to shout out Kiara Williams and these like you cards. So I uh, went to school with Kiara in college and I think it's just cool, you know, to see people that you know doing dope things. And so if I could get this open, <laughs> she and her group at the Auditory Museum created these like you cards and they're basically cards that have a bunch of different questions on them that you can play to get to know your friends better or get to know people you just met better. And I haven't been through the whole deck just yet, but some of the questions did make me laugh out loud as far as like what I've been through so far. And so I'm really into these games because they help me to understand what people are thinking and how people think. And it oftentimes reveals things that you didn't know about people, even if like you've known them for a long time. And so I think it's awesome. Uh, these are what they look like. They're just cards and they have two questions on the back. This one says, do you believe dreams have meaning and do you get social media anxiety? And so some of the cards or some of the questions I should say are like funny questions. Some of the cards have more serious questions. Others have a little bit more goofy questions that are just really interesting to, <laughs> to think about. But I'm gonna read the back real quick just so y'all get an understanding of what they are so that you could cough you some and support a black business. So, have you ever been caught in a love triangle? If peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter, what would you call it? If you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you had done? Introducing the highly interactive game where you get to prove you can step into anyone's world through play. Share your unique experiences to win the most cards. Oh, win. <laughs> I didn't even know there were rules. <laughs> I know to win the most cards okay and uncover who is just like you so this is dope it's cool you can get them on their website at the auditory it's called the auditorymuseum.com I think there's also likeyou.com too but I'm not 100% sure on the actual URL right now but I am going to put it in the video so you'll see it right here and I will also be linking it in the description of this episode. So go ahead and check out Kiara and these like you cards because they're, they're a fun time, especially for quarantine. I'm really excited to get into these because the questions are different. So shout out to you, girl, hey. So now let's go ahead and dive into some of these questions. I'm gonna cover three today, keep this relatively short and will most likely follow up with some future Q&A episodes as well. If I didn't already mention before, I am linking the form where you could submit 
a question and or a topic that you would like to see covered on Unpacked Angles, feel free to dive in there and submit your questions for the future episodes that I do on Q&A. But let's get started with this one. The first question I'm going to tackle comes from Brooklyn. And Brooklyn asked, what should be included in a UX research portfolio? And if there are any recommendations that I have for hosting a portfolio? So this is kind of a two-in-one question. <laughs> Thanks for asking, Brooklyn. Great question. I'll tackle the first one first. What to include in your UX research portfolio can be subjective, but there are a few basics that you should definitely have. There needs to be information about you, so a biography of sorts, just introducing yourself and what you're into and what you do, in addition to your contact information, and of course your case studies. Now I have done a video in the past on what to actually put into your case study and how to structure it in the best way for people to read and absorb the information. So I would highly encourage you check that out. In UX research portfolios, basically there are going to be much more words than there will be like pictures of designs, right? Because most likely you're not designing, you're doing more thinking and strategizing and making decisions, which is not super visual. Your portfolio will have a lot more text than a UX design portfolio. That's why it's really important to be able to tell a good story. So as you go through and write your UX portfolio, telling an engaging story will help keep the reader engaged and reading and will also help people to understand what it is that you actually did and know how to do. As far as recommendations for hosting, it really depends on what you prefer and what you want to do. Some people are really gung-ho code, like pro code. This should be built by me so that I can show off that I can code in addition to doing design or research or whatever. Other people like me, on the other hand, see that as a waste of time. <laughs> so I'm not about that. I'm not trying to code. That's going to take me forever. My portfolio is hosted on Squarespace and I find it easy to keep there because one, <laughs> I don't have to code, but also two, it's really easy for me to update, which I actually need to do. <laughs> but when I do, it will be easy. It really doesn't matter if you code it or not in my world, especially on the research side, because it has nothing to do with what we actually do on the job. Why, <laughs> why should that be something that's required or why should that be something that is like, look for, I have not heard of that on the research side. And even on the design side, I'm just like, there's no legitimate reason as to why something must be built by you. I would recommend using Squarespace or Wix or any other website tool that just lets you drag and drop versus actually trying to code it because you don't need to. The next question was submitted anonymously and this person asked, can you tell me about your day-to-day as a UX researcher. For my day-to-day, -day, it usually depends on what's going on, honestly, but for the most part, I am in meetings a lot, like I'm sure many of us <laughs> are on Zoom all the time. As far as research-related activities, I tend to find myself in like four to five main stages. So there's the planning preparation stage where I am using my whole brain <laughs> basically to get my creative juices flowing and here I might be brainstorming on my whiteboard like stepping away from my computer or 
drawing things out, hitting up my teammates with different questions for them to be a sounding board or see where I can, you know, fix my frame of thought or thinking to actually make sense of like what I'm trying to plan because I'm essentially setting up for the research that I'm about to do. So I'm writing my research plan here, planning out literally everything that I can think of. I'm also preparing for research. So scheduling, recruiting, getting the design materials that I need together if I need that for research, in addition to other activities like maybe any pre-work that I need people to do. So I'm just really like preparing to let loose and go. <laughs> and the next stage is the actual execution where I am letting loose and going. So this is where I'm talking to a whole bunch of different people, doing activities with different people to gather information. And this is where I reach my flow. This is my flow state. I am in my zone when I'm doing research sessions. Love it, love it, love it. And so, yeah, I'm just like going, going, going. Usually I'm really, really tired during this stage, but I'm also really energized. So it kind of balances out if I plan it right. Then after the execution stage, we get into the synthesis stage. So I've already completed the research that I've been doing, or I've at least completed some research and I have enough information to start making sense of what I've been hearing. So here I'm analyzing that information. A lot of the information I get is qualitative. So I'm tagging and coding with keywords in order to pull out different trends and other commonalities to see if there is an overarching picture that I can start to paint from the information that I got. And I frame all of this in a way to help answer the questions that we had that were proposed in the, the actual plan. And once I've synthesized all of this information and made sense of it and can write a story about it, I then get into the reporting stage and here is where I am heads down. Uh, at least I try to be heads down as much as I can so that I can write. So here I'm like writing docs to report out on the findings, creating presentations to present out on the findings, possibly even recording videos to present async if for the debrief I decide to do it that way but it's a lot of reporting and a lot of sharing and this is actually my least favorite stage <laughs> because I don't particularly like to write when it's not like just on my own time <laughs> I was in the engineering school for a reason when I went to college because we did not have to write like that so but this is like where the magic happens really in the synthesis and the reporting stage because that's when everyone's like oh <laughs> this is what we were doing <laughs> usually so that's fun it's typically really fun once i'm done with the report to share what we learned because everyone usually gets really excited about the learnings and then i feel like there's this overarching umbrella stage that i have to remind myself to constantly be in. And that is really about socializing and evangelizing the research that's being done and also just research in general. That's typically what my day looks like depending on the stage. <laughs> right now, I am in the planning slash execution stage. I'm like right on the cusp of execution. And also FYI, I can be in any one of these stages at any time and it's not just limited to one stage so i can be in the execution stage and in the planning and preparation stage at the same time i can also be in the planning and preparation and synthesizing stage i can be in 
execution and reporting. I don't know. Like it really uh, just depends on what's going on. If I find myself doing multiple studies at a time or if I'm just doing studies back to back to back, that's usually when I end up in multiple stages. But that's that's basically it. <laughs> this last question comes from Janessa. And Janessa wrote, how likely is it for an employer to hire you if you are self-taught versus having a degree? Now, I'm not going to lie. I actually do not have the answer to this. I can't tell you 100% who's going to hire you or who's not going to hire you because of your educational background. This really depends on the employer, if you have a really good reference or referral, I guess, or like if there's nepotism going on because that happens but oftentimes what i go back to is it's really all about the experience that you've had and how you present that information publicly in the ux field your portfolio tends to be like your holy grail and i don't necessarily agree with that but that's kind of what it is for right now you're not going to be able to apply for a ux position and get it without actually sharing a portfolio so if you're not presenting your work during the interview process or even just linking to your portfolio on your resume people are not going to really take the next step with you that's something that everyone's looking for so i would say make sure that you're presenting whether that be in your portfolio or wherever you're you're showing your work make sure you're presenting what you've done and what you know how to do especially as it relates to the employer or potential employer that you're thinking about that's probably your best bet i don't have a design degree i am self-taught so there's that <laughs> you don't need a degree but i can't say for sure that an employer is not going to cross you off because you don't have one and that wraps it up for this first Q&A episode. This was fun, y'all. Send me questions. <laughs> I will answer them. I am an open book. I really am. But yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thank y'all who submitted your questions or who have asked questions just in general. I appreciate it. Thank you, Janessa and Brooklyn and the anonymous person. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Unpacked Angles. If you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. If you didn't, hit us up on our website at www.unpackedangles.com or on social media at Unpacked Angles and let us know what we can do better. Until next time, deuces.